Evening, welcome to episode 109 of So What's Been Happening. Uh, this is an exciting time. We're going for a three-peat uh, this week with three podcasts night after night. So last night was an unbelievable chat with uh, Maddie Herbert from Velvet Bloom, an incredibly talented young lady from the Mornington Peninsula. Uh, just re- done an incredible EP, so go back and, uh, and check that episode from last night. And tomorrow night, uh, we get to have a chat to Emily South, who's doing some great things uh, with a new single release that's this Friday night. Um, but tonight we get to chat to Stephen Holmes from uh, Humble. Uh, and being a humble man yourself, cuz, uh, we look forward to this chat, mate. I'll get you up in two seconds. But just before I do, I just want to touch on a couple of gigs that are coming up this week. Make sure you've uh, filled your cup. Get out there Thursday night and get out there and see one of our show favorites in a new lineup with, uh timothy wolf and the blue roses um featuring maddie dixon as well uh he's he's in multiple bands at the moment maddie dixon so look forward to seeing that one uh thornby theater this is an ep launch and then emily south after we chat to her tomorrow night uh she's got big things happening at the old bar on friday night so another uh, fantastic melbourne venue and if that's not for you for Friday night, uh, off to the ESPY for the Casanovas um, with Backseat Rhythms, their new album launch, which will be a belter as well. And straight after that, uh, on the Saturday, uh, I've got your Saturday planned out on the weekend out down at uh, Williamstown and, and a great uh, country Americana feel festival, which is always fantastic. So make sure you get out there and support that. Some, some super uh, international acts that are coming down um this time headlined by jenny don't and the spurs which will be having a chat to her in the next couple of weeks so exciting times um all right cuz just before i'm going to bring you up just before i have a chat to uh we get Stephen on and uh welcome back mate it's been a couple of shows since uh you were hey, on mate, so I know. Look at that mate that's a that's a face of some humble men there look forward <laughs> to having a chat to you to Stephen. Oh, I've got to laugh, mate. I love Rusty's work when he goes overseas because he seems to get in a lot of mayhem, doesn't he? Like he's right, I think he's had a flat tyre, flat yep. battery. Yeah. But in true Rusty's story, he likes to share with everybody. So, yeah, great. Looks like looks like having a great adventure. And like you've always said, mate, one of the greatest guests we've had on. And looking forward to um, our guest tonight, a man of many talents, looks like. Absolutely. Um few talents that we'll find out about too that he probably hasn't highlighted in this uh little episode as, as a band as such but look forward to chatting about that as well because i've done a little bit of homework cuz uh checking out a little bit of what he does behind the scenes he's uh 
humble might be one thing, but talent's another. Um, and to be humble and being talented, uh, we've been lucky enough to have uh, so many talented people on this show, um, and we talk about humility and being humble. And that's it's I can't find a better name for a for a band for such a humble guy. So let's bring him up. Um, sure. Where I've only just and I must thank uh, Chris actually for putting us on to Stephen um, and the band Humble as well. So thanks for Chris Hamilton for putting us to putting this on. All right, let's bring him up. Mr. Stephen Holmes, how are you, mate? Welcome. Yeah, good, good. Hello. Uh, coming to you from uh, Kiama, New South Wales, on the beautiful south coast. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, first and foremost, uh, welcome to episode 109 of So What's Been Happening. Um, we always start with the uh, little jibe that this was never supposed to go fast past uh, episode number one. Uh, it was just an informal kind of chat during the COVID days, um, and it's long, well and truly ex gone on from then uh in 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 respect of having a chat mainly to musicians and artists and sports stars uh and just generally connecting meeting new people having a chat about life um and most importantly people we don't know a lot of and finding out a little bit about them and hopefully widening their network as well so welcome to the show mate thank you kindly thank you for having me it's um auspicious uh introduction of you know you, you set them up i'll knock them down yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we like humble it. By name, humble by nature. Uh, tell us a little bit about, firstly, how come humble, humble came about, mate. Um, well, I mean, I think, you know, musicians telling COVID stories, it's, you know, uh, CJ uh, Stranger on his new records, I'm going to misquote the name, but another um COVID revelation, another inevitable COVID revelation is one of the names on CJ's new record. I thought that was pretty apt. We do, uh, we do tend to soak in what's going on around us. I was playing in a two-piece uh, called Dead, D-E-4-D. Seemed like a good idea at the time, completely annoying for social media and every imaginable. <laughs> and also there's the excellent uh, Castle Main band called Dead as well. Stupid name for a band, uh, but the four was stupid. I think dead as a name is great, but yeah. And so we were doing that, and we, I guess, when COVID hit, I mean, Ryan, my drummer lives just, just near, near us, but we started to kind of just write more complicated stuff, you know, like you, you, if you've if you've got more time and you're able to, we just started to write sort of less sex pistols more you know thoughtful kind of gang of four type well we thought it was gang of four it's probably nothing approximating that but you know that that we were writing these parts and because we were mainly recording there was no gigs um but well here's a good uh covid story for you we picked up our ep from um the what was record uh, zenith in uh, melbourne i was i picked it up on the friday before s the saturday night melbourne went into lockdown for basically a year and a half <laughs> so we had this vinyl ep we couldn't do anything we couldn't play shows you, could, you know like, yep. and, and so we um <laughs> and when we came out of it we had this stuff that was a bit i guess it had a few more layers and my wife had finished a job 
where she had been supervising Darcy Wall, who plays in, amongst other things, Kaleidoscope and a bunch of other great local bands. Um, and so because she wasn't his boss anymore, right? Like I, literally that afternoon I asked Darcy if he wanted to come down and have a jam. He arrives and we went, I mean, you try not to prepare for those kind of meat cutes in a band because otherwise you just... And so I'm like, oh, do you want to jam on Cortez the Killer for a bit? And by the end of eight minutes of jamming on Cortez the Killer, he was in the band. There was no question about it. It was just like I don't think the two of us had expected that, like locked in, just felt it straight away. Yeah. And, and, of course, you know, a new member changes the way things are. And so by the time we started putting it together, we thought, look, it's a bit silly to call it the same band. And so we, we, we changed it to Humble. And in a lot of ways that's sort of an organising idea for this whole band and what we're doing is, like, just trying to enjoy making music in a time when there's a lot of invitations to to you know out there to, to think that music doesn't matter you know and it matters to us so we're going to do it in the way that that we feel good about yep. um and so yeah we wrote a record um i mean almost simultaneously with us joining the band we finished writing there's still time and it just felt like it needed to be done properly so we went down and saw i don't know you guys know any anthony cornish has horizon sound does a lot of um recordings for well my age bands in uh, in melbourne and he anthony um is a is an amazing engineer and has been a friend for 20 odd years and it just bowled us over how quickly we it became that you know it just came together you know one of those weird things where all of the parts seemed to not be on top of each other but be enough and yeah so that's that's the other band and then this year we've just done a couple of singles so we've done sports metal which is my uh homage to hot metal magazine circa 1989 and yep. um and then one called gaz world which uh yeah is a bit sort of australian noir kind of sounding bigger rock sound than we'd done before yeah. Did you find, Stephen, in COVID, like when it first started and as you went through it, that like we spoke about it and all the guests that we've had on have said it as well, that you had to sort of sort of pivot and change and sort of go against what you normally did. You spoke before about your love of music. Yeah. Did you find at times you were struggling to really find your love of music or was your love of music and your dedication to that that got you through a fair bit? You know, it, it definitely changed it because you're in proximity to people. Like the, the eight or nine years, ten years before that, it was headphone music, right? Like we were all listening to music in headphones. But I was homeless. I was listening to more vinyl. I was much more drawn, I guess, maybe to the classics, like things that my family and I were enjoying. And, and in terms of like if, you know, Ryan is like your classic rock dude. He basically he was born in 1997 and he basically knows everything about rock music until 1997. And then he's like, you know, so he'll, you know, he'll, um, he was, he was like sitting in as a drummer into one of the local first festivals wearing a Judas Priest t-shirt. And it just like, he just makes me happy every single day. When we played at the tote the first time, he's wearing a Kiss 
a life t-shirt without any hint of irony no no sense of irony about that at all it was just yeah. he loves kiss he's playing a gig this is the shirt he was wearing this morning yeah. you know yeah. so i guess that that changed and and i think also too i don't know what you guys were like but I, we were just though the way that music creates human connection was it was so amplified during that time I mean, I was one of those people who I uh, was recording acoustic covers into the Facebook camera for nobody except my mates just to, you know. And I think then coming out of it, I just wanted to make loud rock and roll again. You know, I wanted to feel the Telecaster screaming against me again. Like, I, it just, it felt that burst of freedom came out in a lot of music, I think. Yeah, I think it's great you say it though, because you said obviously you've got your genre that you that you go to, but the fact you've gone as you said to the acoustic classics, yeah, to get that connection with your family and your mates. When we're creatures of habit, aren't we humans? We go to the devil we know because we like it. Yeah. Now that, as you said, now that we're back to and and as an I. I love to use the word normal because we never know what might happen. But yeah. now that we're out and about recording whatever we can, it's just you can really get back to your sort of hardcore sort of stuff on that it's funny you know that that same weekend that we went and picked up that ep i was playing at a friend of mine uh ricky french is my wife's cousin plays an actor slash model and you know he played in die 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 for a bit and anyway i was at his 40th birthday and i was designated to play the gov the bob dylan cover so i did you know like a rolling stone and you know this big slightly drunken apocalyptic version of like a rolling stone and then of course melbourne shut that was it nobody went to melbourne for you know at least six months that first time and so when you talk about classics it's about the music that makes you feel something on some level it's a level it's comfort but it's also like I listened to a lot of apocalyptic music during that time because, heck, that's what was going on, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of Godspeed Your Black Emperor and Mogwai and, and, uh, and you know, those Dylan, like, apocalyptic early albums, you know. I think music is sort of helps you articulate whatever it is that's going on, you know, um, and... It's 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 a very slow reaction mirror. So you know, you choose to listen to it, and then it changes where you're what you're feeling, and then you change what you listen to. And yeah, I mean, we live in such an incredible age where you got access to so much music. Like it's yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So so much multi genre uh, out there now, and I find myself ebb and flowing between all sorts of styles uh, as the week happens, um, depending on what mood and almost the time of day. So. But you mentioned a couple of artists there that kind of you resonated with during lockdown phase, but was there kind of one in really in particular that you either hadn't listened to for a while that you really kind of gelled with during that time or or maybe a new one you found? Uh, without sort of pinning influences, you know, my sleeve too much, I think the Drones' last record and then into the Tropical Fuckstorm stuff, yep. his voice was so you you listen to some of those mid 2000s drones records and you go he's writing about COVID like it's <laughs> he's writing about that Crazy. feeling that i'm having right now now i guess that's the that's that's um 
the power of good music, any type of good music. But I think because of you know the the weird way in which cynical Australian politics disaster. Uh, the kind of jingoism that we put up with in this country because we don't seem to be able to find a way out of it. You know, he just has a voice that, I mean, a literal voice, you know, his singing voice, but also his writing, I, I think, in some ways just informed that sort of, it is, you know, it's slightly paranoid and a bit depressing, but it's also highly observant and you know i think when both of those tropical fuckstorm records came out they were a real moment i think in in sort of a moment in time i guess mm. uh, and i mean i don't you know not to be super heavy about it but like i think he's obviously a person who struggles with self-worth and his place in the world and so yeah. to hear that reflected like an artist talking about that stuff in this pastiche kind of way was oddly comforting i think <laughs> but you touched on it before and we've touched on it with a couple of guests as well like about influences and things you get and i remember there was a guy i think he's in the 60s early 70s um jim kosher he wrote a song called i have to say i love you in a song because mm. speaking the gentleman from the jones he was talking about obviously he has struck he's struggling mm. with his own inner demons and he wants to voice it wants to get it out there Hmm. And the only way you can do that is either like in a song or you've got poets who do that sort of thing as well. And I, for, I for myself, I, I'd love to be able to have that skill. I, I got, I sort of, I sort of go crazy and lose my stuff. Yeah. And, and, and speaking to people like yourself, Steve, and other guests we've had, that look, it's fantastic to sort of hear how you sort of do that. Like you use it as a almost like a venting tool, but also a way to oh, share yourself with others. And, I mean, I think any anybody who tells you that, I mean, in the first instance, all art is self-portrait. You know, it's, it's that's not me, that's Samuel Beckett. I should, no, Samuel Butler. <laughs> but, you know, all art is self-portrait on some level. It's some uh, attempt to, you know, come to terms with this flesh suit and, badly run computer that we've got that to, to experience the world through, right? Like, and I think, you know, um, one of the things that this period of music, you know, in some, in some ways the, there is so much new music at the moment that, you know, the, the gift, that you guys and, and other sort of curators bring to that space is like uh, to, to 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 give access to the behind the behind the the the, the, the sheer tonnage of it, you know, to give the people the story behind it, and I think that's kind of cool because I think as a lot of artists just don't, um, yeah, it's a pretty difficult time to be a musician in the sense of having some recognition or you know it's if if you're not appearing on a network television show you're not a musician like what is what is this it's a very strange time to be a musician yeah. um more strange than other times i don't know but yeah so yeah, i think this generation is like super important because it's like how do we discover new stuff yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we just touched on that a little bit just backstage before we kicked off. Um, just about the cut, you know, the how to cut through these days uh, in the modern music world. Uh, and it's not easy. It's not easy to navigate. Um, hence the reason publicists uh, and good managers and, and good people with uh, that can direct you in the right way and let musicians kind of do their thing because uh, it's very hard, very easy to get swept up in trying to trying to navigate this this uh, journey at the moment. Yeah, and definitely. I mean, I think one of the things is that they are not; they're very seldom overlapping skill sets. Yeah. You know, uh, an artistic skill set with a sort of look at me promotion skill set is a you know. And I was, I was only I was on Friday night. I was having a drink in a and we we're watching Jeff Lang down at our, our local Fillmore's in Kiama here. Great little local yeah. venue, just brilliant. Yeah. And Jeff um, was between sets, and I was talking to to uh, Dane from Bourbon of Proof, who we've toured with, and Darcy actually plays bass for it as well. And we're saying how that we should swap, like he should promote Humble, and I should some promote Bourbon of Proof, just for the yeah. the idiocy of not having to talk yourself up, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And we were just, for sure. I mean, how practical that would end up being, I don't know. But it was just that that feeling of like, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, how, how, how hard is that, Stephen, to do that, to always have to almost talk yourself up at times? I mean, you know, first world problems, right? But, I mean, I think that the challenge for a person like me is that when I create something, I'm I'm sort of done. I want it to be... I have all these self expectations about what I want it to be and how I want to, what I want to communicate and how I want to communicate. But then, from an audience perspective, that's the beginning of the work. That's not the, the end of it. Whereas I think most most artists aren't necessarily. I mean, I know some who are, but I, I you know, that I I'm not somebody who goes back and listens to my own records a lot. I kind of, I want to move you know but i think it's tough more i think if your personality type is is such to be open to criticism as as self-criticism you know that, that if you identify yourself really with what you've made you, you're gonna take that on right like there's no way of being less than and i mean i i think um if you're good, you know that if, if if you're good at communicating ideas, there's probably some some way that you can kind of get through. But we're pretty lucky in a lot of ways in, in Wollongong and the Uwara that we have, you know, have yours and ours who are very much a kind of curation based label festival. You know, like you couldn't find a musician to play at a wedding this weekend. In Wollongong, because a lot of them are playing at the Yours and Ours Festival, right? Because there is a sort of sense of that. Um, whereas I think it's harder for personality types who are less able. And I think certainly for myself, my younger self, I found that really, really difficult because it was a criticism of me. Whereas now I think, you know, you, you take a few knocks and you, you realize like that probably wasn't even about me. That yeah. was about some association they'd made you know yeah yep building up uh 
Building up resilience. You don't tend to have it at such a young age, right? Yeah, and I think one of the things that's really fun is, like, I can – I mean, I say fun. It's tricky at times, but, like, I really like the other guys in my band who are both younger than me having a good night, having a planning gig, knocking it out of the park and not having to worry about all the stupid stuff. Yeah. Now, I guess I'm the songwriter and I may – you know, I kind of organise most things, but I also just love it when they – you know, they're pumped for the experience because I think sometimes I let, I let, you know, my, my younger self, I let stuff get in the way of that just pure enjoyment of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I kind of like, I mean, maybe it's a bit paternal or stupid or something, but I kind of love that. Like I could take a kind of vicarious, you know, joy in having them enjoy the, you know, the venue, you know, this is it's a cool place, like, you know, or, or yeah. the, somebody turns up that they kind of respect or, you know, just that. Yeah. Well, we're lucky enough tonight on a Tuesday night where not a lot happening uh, for all of us right now, but being able to jump into your kind of house and uh, have this chat uh, and get to know a little bit about you. Uh, and also you've been kind enough to uh, offer us a couple of live songs to yeah. uh, play. So we might as well kick one off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, um, why don't I play your sports medal, which is, um, I mean, I, I don't want to make assumptions from the, you know, one by two inch uh, pictures I've got in front of me, but, you know, we're men of a certain age. Um, <laughs> did you guys ever um, get Hot Metal magazine when you were growing up? I, it was I, like I, a, I, I do remember I, it. I, I, I can remember it. Yeah, I can remember it. It was like, a, it was like $2.50 or something, and it was all like, it's nine ninety nine. I looked it up since um that it started it was like all that kind of hair metal stuff that i grew up on you know I, yep. from you know pantera style stuff that i still listen to mm. through to some of the really terrible hair metal <laughs> kind of stuff and then this incredible like not knowing what to do with it when they got to the grunge kind of era and not knowing what to do with these sort of you know like they sort of coped with Alice in Chains, but by the time Nirvana and, and I mean, L7, they just had no idea what to do with it. I was talking to Lindsay McDougall uh, on ABC radio a couple of weeks ago about like, they just a, a feminist metal band. This, they just could, you know, the, it was just that, that, that smashing of an artistic form with a social movement that, you know, it just it was super fun. Anyway. So we were, um, we, we listen to a lot of metal when we're on the road. So, like, metal that probably doesn't need to be gone back into. And uh, and so we started. <laughs> and eventually I succumbed to the inevitable eBay, Facebook marketplace thing of buying some old hot metal magazines. And, uh, you know, I also have a 12-year-old daughter, you know, so the age that I was when I was starting to, to, you know, really love that kind of music. And so, yeah, this is a song that's about that. And, of course, you know, sports metal being a reference to, you know, the dude at your high school who could play scales at a million miles an hour. Now, they couldn't play in time or they couldn't, you know, but it was that idea of, you know, metal was the, the great time in which, um, you know, sport and music were suddenly kind of synonymous anyway so this is uh sports metal it's just a single that we've got on all the things i mean adjust this a bit so you can see my inept guitar playing am i ready to go yep absolutely go for it 
as we wanted it to be. Objects of cars on Sunset Strip. Objects of girls and women. Objects of jagged edge guitars. Words. Hot metal, sports metal. Cut grass, cold concrete. Hot metal, sports metal. Eddie Van Halen, Eddie would go. It was the world as we wanted, desiring, consuming, blazing. T-shirt tribes, boys. Emblazing, raunchy slogans. Emblazing, we are not you. Hot metal, sports metal. Zipper jacket, ripped jeans. Hot metal, sports metal. Dave Mustaine and Boris Becker. Well, I think it's also too because it's like you know those those like sports heroes you grow up with. I mean, you guys from Melbourne, it's your lost cause, but you know, you <laughs> you, you identify so much with his kids. Like, what do I have in common with David Campisi or Brian Lara? Yeah. But you have the same feeling about musicians, right? You this feeling of like, I know, yeah, I, I know them through the yeah. Mm. <laughs> Um, it's. I mean, you know, it's fun. It's a great speak. cover too. Thank you. That's yeah. my zombie warrior kappa. You like it? I love it. Yeah, it's super. Um, and I just want to put it in context because obviously that was the the stripped back acoustic version, which yeah. may not get played too often, right? Um, I just, I just, uh, I just want to play just a little snippet, and then we might finish the show later on with the with the rest yeah. of this uh, clip. But I just want to see. Uh, I think it's so well captured this. Uh, clip that you put together, and we'll talk about. How that <laughs> yeah, so this is at this is at Finding Filmers, Filmers, which is our kind of local that we we hang out at. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to play this sports medal by Humble. Here we go. See. 
David Lee Roth. It was the world as we wanted it to be. Objects of cars. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it, Cuz? Um, it's talking about little flashbacks, flashbacks of our life, uh, right there. The the kicking around, the crazy stuff, the helmets, uh, all sorts of great sports gear. Uh, yeah, what a great, what a great memory. We'll bring uh, Steve back up in a second, but just your thoughts on the instant reaction to that video. Oh, my one had. I actually think the the video that we saw doesn't give the justice how good the acoustic version that Steve displayed for it was. But how good the video, as you said, the like eighty nine, nineteen, like some of the iconic sports people mentioned there. The outfits the boys had on as well, like with the yeah. cricket hat, pulled up footy socks, like yeah, fantastic looking. And um, yeah, look, I actually think the acoustic version was better. Yeah, right. Uh, well, the the amazing part for me is what I love about it is you cannot help but put a smile on your face and just have a chuckle, oh, right? Yeah. And that if, if it does nothing but that, um, Steve, I'm sure you'll agree that it's uh, it served its purpose. Yeah, I think also too because it's also it's one of those things where like playing in a band, the vast majority of the time is lots of fun, right? Mm. Like. Yeah. Sometimes we make, I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of the music we make is fairly serious and, you know, uh, uh, about sort of observing the world in a, you know, from a, a, a emotional point of view or whatever. But sometimes it's just also about just, and I mean, that is a lot of fun to play live, right? There's just not enough big muff pedals in the world to, you know, <laughs> crank on the end of that. And it's just, yeah, I mean, that's what's good about playing in a great band, right, is you, you, yep. you you enjoy it despite whatever else is going on. You know, it's just you can't not enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I think uh, for me the the bit I love about going to a venue and uh, the second you walk in and that band starts playing, you can forget about your life for a while. Uh, might be an hour, might be a couple of hours that you're involved in seeing new bands and stuff, and you yeah. can forget all your sorrows, right? And uh, and really enjoy having some fun, having some fun with some mates and really connecting with the band on stage. And, and you can see the enjoyment and fun in there, in their uh, playing. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the, the, I, was, I was at a gig on Saturday night and just, and the diversity of people enjoying themselves, that on some bizarre level that creates community you you feel like you've had a shared experience and you kind of you know and i mean i think one of the things is maybe we maybe we might take a take a break from taking it for granted for a couple of years now that we're yeah, we're yeah. back to it you know that that experience of being in a room and experiencing the same thing as people you know that goes beyond genre or whatever yeah you know it's yeah, human definitely. Yeah. And, the, and the two things that you touched on in that song there, music and sport, that they can break <laughs> get they can break down the barriers, though, can't they? Like you, you, you'll speak to someone about sport who or music who you think you would have nothing in common with, but then you'll find you might support a certain side or football team, whatever it might be, or you might like a certain genre of music. And I think that's as you said, we as people, let's look. We know what a terrible time COVID was, but now let's celebrate what we can now do and go out and do it. I think also too, you know, like um, I mean, I got a place in my heart for Melbourne. I think Sydney is a tough town in the nineties, and if if you're a sensitive musician type, and I mean, I have friends who did really well in that scene, but we always, I always love Melbourne from the point of view of like. 
it's not I mean I mean maybe there's times and places but generally speaking it's not a haircut town right like you you get up and you're worth as a musician is judged by the first six bars that you play on that stage less so by the quality of your flyer or your haircut or whether you're wearing the right t-shirt or you know i I always loved that out in melbourne music scene and and always felt oddly at home even though it's a thousand kilometers away from where i spend the majority of my time yeah yep um and speaking of great melbourne venues uh how lucky are we to save this great venue the tote uh, long may it live. Uh, hopefully, it never gets out of the hands of uh, great people now. Um, yeah. And you, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned. Yeah, we, we kind of had a strangely privileged relationship with that whole transaction because we had played at. I mean, I played at Tote a few times, um, and then we played at the Tote in December, and it was last December. It was, it was already starting to be a really weird vibe with they were selling and just the promotion of it wasn't very slick and it wasn't anybody's fault. It was just, you know, they're going through a transition. And, and then we happened to play at the last chance in uh, May um, when we recorded Sports Metal and that, that, that we'd recorded Sports Metal that afternoon <laughs> and, and uh, Gaswell, the other single in the outskirts of Melbourne. And then we duck in a Sunday afternoon, freezing cold. It was a Collingwood Collingwood um, Swans game at the MCG. So it was, you know, it was pretty sparse. Big punk rock show in the afternoon at the last chance and then we were playing in the evening. So I spent an hour or so talking to Shane about the whole transaction, how it happened, because the the sale was the day before and then there was all that controversy. And, I mean, I think I said to you before the, the show that, like, I just don't think that punk rock and inner city property development are natural bedfellows, you know, like it was a real clash of culture and, you know, it's to be hoped, you know, long may she reign, the, the, the sticky grossness and wonderfulness of the toad. Yeah. We love it there. Yeah. Like we'll play there two people. If they'll have us, we'll play there. Like we yeah. just love it. Yeah, there's something something special still about those venues, uh, and and you're right. Uh, things have to change, I guess, over time. And uh, sadly, the the sticky carpets get torn up, and and the new carpets go down, or the or the the polished floorboards go back in, and they mm. lose a little little bit about that soul. But um, we saved another great venue, obviously, a year or so ago with the curtain, John Curtain, yeah. um, and we're lucky enough to to be able to kind of keep that one as well. So two big. Big wins for Melbourne, I guess, uh, for the live music scene because it's so hard to, uh, you know, to see one go and they just don't come back. I mean, I, you know, I, I, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a long way away, right? And I, I probably get down there two, three times a year, usually to play music, not, not, not as often just to be a punter. But um, I remember feeling that 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 way about the punters club. Like, really, like yeah, yeah. they did what? Yeah. Um, I can't walk. I can't walk down Brunswick Street now. I just, I just. You know, yeah, those hole-in-wall venues that gave really some absolutely iconic artists, you know, a start that are now, you know, well, they're not venues. There might be other things that are of some social utility, but they're not. They're not that. They're a broy. The you know, there's, there's, we could do, we could do this all day, right? Yeah, and you could do yeah, it all day. You know, even in the Illawarra, that that's happened a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's that institutional memory gets lost or it gets passed on. I mean, I know guys who are 10 years younger than me that feel about Rad Bar in Wollongong the way I felt about the Oxford Tavern in Wollongong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's – and I struggle because, you know, I was a young professional when they were spewing on the carpet in Rad Bar, <laughs> so I was, I was in a different place. Like, yeah. 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 Um, and speaking of being in a different place, uh, as I mentioned before, we're lucky enough to have you part of the show tonight and in your in your little backstage area. So uh, let's hit let's hit us with another one, mate. And uh, you've been kind oh, enough. To, hey, um, you know, we've we got a nice vibe going. I, I feel like the hair metal, you know, there was there was some love for that. I I happen to love those daggy songs that I, you know, the first songs that you related to as a teenager. So I'm going to do my version of Every Rose Has Its Thorn by uh, Poison. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when, you, when you spoke before, Stephen, about your daughter, I thought you might have you might have brought out a, um, a Tay-Tay song or something, like no, a 12-year-old daughter. I did learn, um, I'm gonna, I always get mixed up, uh, what's her name, Billie Eilish. Yep. The what one, it, it didn't go well. <laughs> yeah yeah right. i mean yeah let's flick back in your yeah we both lie silently Still in the dead of night Though we both lie close together We feel miles apart inside Was it something that I said? Something that I did? Did my words not come out right? Though I tried not to hurt you Though I tried I guess that's why they say Every rose has its own Every night has its own Just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its own Listen to our favorite song playing on the radio well, the DJ says that love's a game of easy come and easy go. But I wonder, does he know? Has he ever felt like this? Well, I know that you'd be here right now if I could have let you know somehow. I guess every rose has its own. Every night has its dawn Just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its song
Though it's been a while now, I can still feel so much pain. Like a knife that cuts you the wrong heels with scars. I know I could have saved our love that night if I'd known what to say. Instead of making love, we both made our separate ways. Now here you found somebody new, and then I never meant that much to you. To hear that tears me up outside, and then to hear me cuts me like a knife. To hear that tears me up inside, and to see you cuts me like a knife. City. Every rose has its thorn. Every night has its dawn. Just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Every rose has its thorn. So sad, so funny. Very good, mate. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. Great to have uh, have that one as a little reminisce song for sure. I uh, had many memories flashing back through my mind of places. I was about that 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 period of like. You were so into it when you were a kid, eh? Like, yeah, yeah. like, what did I know about Heartbreak at 11 years old? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember going to Blue Lock Discos and singing the songs like that, and you'd be you'd be singing that to your girl at the time, and you'd be thinking you were some superstar rock star. And, and as you said, you probably had even had a girlfriend and barely kissed one to even had that discussion. Yeah, and I think also, too, that, that the, like, the idea that, oh, what's the guy's name? It's like, Brett Michael something like so yeah, 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 but he um do you know the idea that I have you know literally as far away on the planet as you could probably get from yeah. Sunset Strip you know I'm having some similar experience like it, that, I mean, in some ways it's the ridiculous power of music right like it's the sure. thing that you know yeah fun and yeah. I mean you know I guess goes on from what we we're saying about like. I still enjoy that song if it comes on the radio or yeah. if I play it on your fine program. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, it's always good to throw a, throw a cover in and, and it's always an interesting choice on why the artist chooses uh, that particular cover. But thanks for uh, thanks for doing that with us tonight. Well, that's that's right. Right. Now, yeah, you go. Stephen, as, as Millie asks the hard questions, but I, I get the honour most episodes to ask the real tough question. Mm -hmm. You're having a dinner party, mate, and you're inviting five people. They can be living or dead. We've had some wonderful answers, but there's no criteria. It's whatever or whoever you would like to invite to the party. I mean, I, I think in the context of, uh, you know, music and admiration and stuff, I think Bob Dylan would be on my list. I don't know what kind of 
dinner party guests who would be. And I think also too, like I would want old man, grumpy old man Bob Dylan. I don't think I want, you know, like new age yeah. Bob Dylan. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want hipster Bob Dylan. I want like grumpy old, you know, whiskey swelling Bob Dylan. Uh, I think I I'm a Christian person. I I think C.S. Lewis. I think as a as an author and a an artist and a sort of demystifier of faith uh, you know it would be and bob dylan says that would be hilarious um <laughs> i think um i mean a lemmy i guess you, you know if you want to get the party going lemmy would be be there i don't you know speaking don't of know uh, of the uh speaking of, of uh, crockery demystifiers but, yeah. demystifiers of faith we can fit lemmy into that category yeah, sure. I, yeah definitely and and i guess um I think some of the the sort of that punk rock era artists who really, you know, like I think about someone like Debbie Harry who Deborah Harry was present. At, um, I, felt, I think I would change my answer actually to um, is it Tina from the Talking Heads, the keyboard player from Talking Heads. Tanner Wayman, is it? Yeah, Wayman, yeah. yeah. I've seen it written down. I don't know if I've ever said it out loud. Um, you know, to kind of, yeah, you know, just just hose down the boys' club a bit. I, I think also to, you know, I've got one left. I've got, oh, gosh, this is where it comes down to it. Um, no pressure. I've got a lot, gone a lot of musical. Um, Gosh, that is hard. <laughs> not wanting, uh, not wanting to, you know, be overly kind of political. But I, I think someone like Julia Gillard, who would call to account some of, you know, I, I, I'm a great, um, I'm a great fan of social misbehaviour as well as kind of coming back to a, you know. I tell you what, that 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 list is going to haunt me now. Like you can't, you can't do mildly what, what, obsessive musician. <laughs> the funny thing is about that, Stephen. And as and I laugh, and we've had a couple, we had a couple of mates who come on weekly as well, sort of hosting and co-hosting. Yeah, you've managed to maintain the strong tradition of all our guests that there's a reluctance to mention their their other halves. Never going to mention. No. Nah. Very rarely do their children get. Very well, do their children get a mention, and their parents don't get a mention either. I, <laughs> so. I think one of the things is my wife would not enjoy that that dinner party. <laughs> so it's it's actually you know I've been married long enough to know like like I don't invite uh, you know a couple of shout outs. There was on three of my favorite Wollongong bands all played on Saturday night. So there's a band that my uh, my bass player plays in called Crown Street Militia who are going to make the best metal record out of Wollongong in 20 years. I've heard some of it already and it's utterly brilliant. Like it's kind of this great anthology of metal but without the posturing and the, you know, like it's it's going to be a really great record and I think you, should, you really should listen out to that. And then another great band who actually most of them live in Kayama um, called uh, MFV, used to be Manson Family Values. 
still think Manson Family Values is a better name for a band. Yeah. And then the Chimers, who you probably have heard of, they've had a bit of success. Yeah. Um, so Patrick and 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 Mix are sort of you know locals. And you see at gigs and stuff, yeah. and they all just so crazily diverse, but also utterly moving and brilliant. And yeah, I my list will change probably before. <laughs> we'll get you back for two hundred episode two hundred eighteen, mate, and we uh, you might be able to add or take off a few. Yeah, well, I mean, we're losing. Um, yeah, a few of them might be dead by then, I suppose. We do. Yeah, we have lost a few. Well, that was the joy of that that uh, dinner party is you get to invite anyone you want, living or dead. So um... Yeah, I also think you know, a dinner party is a tough one because, like, obviously I would love to meet Jimi Hendrix, yep. but I don't know how much of a dinner party guest he would be. Like, yeah, sure, sure. Like a quiet dude. Like, <laughs> it's funny you say that because, obviously, as I said at the start of the show, a lot of the guests we've had on have been obviously musicians and Jimmy's been a go-to, but as soon as they say Jimmy, they then go with, geez, he's not going to be, he won't have much to say. If we get up and have a jam, it would be fantastic, but otherwise he mightn't give us much. <laughs> I mean, also too, you know, like in the same vein, I would love to be a fly on the wall at James Brown being at a dinner party. I'm not sure I wanted to be at my own home, though. Like, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> potential destruction that goes on there. Yeah, I mean... I think one of the things about heroes is they provide this like blank canvas on which to project our, you know, and there's something almost, you know, counterintuitive about wanting to see your heroes eat, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I want to see them be heroic. I don't, you know, don't want to see yeah, sounds, his beard. Sounds like it could be a good party, but not necessarily too much food getting eaten. Um, but plenty, plenty of drinks, that's for sure, and plenty of stories. But um, in another part of your life as well, uh, I came across these great picks uh, and showing another side of your talent, mate. Uh, mate, these these are fantastic. Uh, I just picked a couple of random ones. Uh, yeah, it's hard to these life. days because it's such a like with all the supply chain stuff. I can't get the fittings that I like. Mm. You know, like I mean, art of scotch. <laughs> I, I I allow myself a certain amount of sort of um, you know ridiculous attention to detail, detail. So I haven't been doing as much simply because I think it's that like if I can't do it exactly the way I want to do it. Yep. But um, you know, there's a few. I've got a couple here. Like I um, this is one uh, a camera one that I made. You know, like these are broken cameras that you can't. I mean, this is that's that's a it's a German one, yeah. Um, they're such beautiful sort of talisman objects, but they can't. They're not useful in. They're either literally broken, most of them, or yep. yeah, they can't be used for what they intended. So, you know, you try and give them another life. I mean, that's what yeah, I think it. that's that's incredible to give uh, give another piece of in some respects junk to a lot of people that uh it can serve another purpose and um especially even those the way those lights are and the bulbs i think give off a, a really good kind of ambience so uh yeah thanks yeah hopefully you can keep keep that going for sure as well so i thought yeah. I'd just touch them time, time is the enemy of creativity unfortunately yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely um and before we finish up mate have, uh are you feeling like kind of one more for us yeah um 
you know, I, I think I'm going to change my mind if it's okay. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, who, who put us together, I was talking to him the other day about Jason Malona or, you know, Songs Ohio and our kind of love of that sort of deep Americana songwriting. And um, this is one I just really like. And I, uh, I mean, go out and find There's Still Time, our record, um, you know, a couple of singles. But how about I play you a, uh, yeah, a, another cover by Jason Malona. Is that right? This is called I Was Riding with a Ghost. While you were gone, you must have done a lot of favors, got a whole lot of things. I don't think you could ever have paid for While you've been busy crying about my past mistakes I've been busy trying to make a change And now I've made a change There's someone who'd hold me But I never met a single one Who didn't see through me None of them would love me If they thought they might lose me Unless I made a change Oh, Trying to make up my mind Trying to remember how it got so late While every night pain comes from a different place Now something's gotta change
good, Matt. Really good. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know Songs of Hire, you must um, check out his stuff by the Magnolia Electric Co stuff. Just, just incredible. You yeah. know. Uh, let's give a little little pump to a, a previous album you did as well. Uh, There's still time. Great album cover too. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, we worked pretty hard on it, and um, as did uh, Anthony Cornish, your uh, your compadre in Melbourne. There. Yep. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's always always tough work putting together a frill album, uh, and then there's obviously the classic uh, the follow up, right? Um, and, yeah, and it's interesting. Yeah, and I think also too, you know, like the only constant is change. So yeah, we're. We're working through a, a few different things at the moment and trying to kind of figure ourselves out. But these couple of singles, so that and Gazworld, which, um, which is a not not terribly uh, well disguised tribute to Gareth Lydiard from the Drones, um, they were real outliers. You know, they kind of came separately out of the context of other stuff we were doing. So we were just happy to put them out as is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and no, I'm starting to write some stuff, and uh, you know, who knows? Yeah, well, we look forward to uh, seeing you out and about. Uh, hopefully, you won't back down in Melbourne one day yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, always keen. It's just you know the 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 logistics. Of it. The absolute funnest moment is when you've done all that and you're in the car and you're on your way. You know, like that. We we just have a good, a really good time from the beginning. You know, from as soon as you start the car till as soon as we get back. We did, um, in in December, we did Kayama, played the tote, and back to Kayama because it was my daughter's last day of year six uh, in 33 hours. Wow. <laughs> oh, my wow. God. Which is insane. And no 40-something-year-old person should do that. But, it, gosh, you know, we, we do love playing in Melbourne. We yeah. have a lot yeah, of fun. fantastic. All right, last one from me. Um if you uh, obviously this is, is is on the presumption that you're headlining this gig, um, but if you could pay one stage anywhere out of everywhere you've played so far, uh, <coughs> where would it be? And the question is, give me a support band that would uh, humbly fit behind you, no matter which level. Uh, it can be any band in the world. Ah. Uh... I mean, again, you can't ask a musician to make these kind of choices. Look, I, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you an ambition one is the yep. corner. I, I've seen so much good music at the corner and I've yep. I've, I've been side of stage. I've handed yeah. people guitars. I've, I've never, we've, you know, I, Humble never have and I've never played the, the corner. That would be, you know, and particularly in Melbourne because for me it's like, it, you know, some of the absolute best music I've ever seen at Melbourne was you know, on that stage. Yep. Uh, so the, the corner be one of, we love the last chance. We just think it's a, you know, um, yeah. we just played La La La's, which is the main venue in Wollongong. Love, love it there. And, you know, lovely people, just music fans from the bar staff to the kitchen to the, you know, just yeah. support bands. I mean, you got to go, you got to go proper kind of fantasy. Absolutely. You know, Football here. Go big. Go hold back. It'd have to be, you'd have to say motorhead, right? Like oh, yeah. nothing pleases me more in a gig when the band before you, whether it's you know, you're sort of both on the same level or you're supposedly headlining, nothing pleases me more than when they 
absolutely blow. Like they are incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, we played uh, CJ Stranger and his just as a three pace. We played the Peach and Bowling Club. Uh, I guess it was June, and they were just. It's him, he, CJ's brother, and a drummer, and they were incredible. He got up and played Cortez the Killer with us. It was, but I mean, for a band that are going to make it near impossible to get on the stage, you'd have to say, you know, maybe Motorhead or, uh, uh, I mean, I remember you and I doing that, arguably doing that to Crowded House at their first, you know, uh, Opera House goodbye. You yeah. know, just you, you want a band that's going to make it so hard. You have to, it's so hard to get on that stage that you have to absolutely give it everything. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. Uh, there's nothing better than that. And and for us, um, discovering new talent, uh, and you, you often do that when you go and see, you know, the the bands before uh, that are that are warming the warming the stage for the headline act. Sometimes you'll only be there for the headline act, but to, well, I make it an absolute mission to be there early and see that one at first band, second band. Um, and I think you know, as you know we're very much usually the support man it means so much to because you you feel like you're communicating to people who what however you got the gig whether it's mates or you know know the booker or last minute or whatever it is you you cannot help but feel an energy from people who have turned up and have listened that's you know as a musician that's that's 100 percent it you know yeah yeah appreciate you guys gosh it's i was a bit nervous about this but you guys make it uh pretty easy oh that's that's great to hear mate we often hear that um that's kind of why yeah some musos get a little bit nervous about the fact that we haven't sent them a list of all the questions and things we're going to ask so they can prepare um but we kind of like to keep it very natural and open and we steer the questions in relation to, you know, where the conversation's heading. So thanks for being so open with us, mate. Um, it's fantastic to have you on. Anytime you're welcome. Uh, anytime you have something new coming up, we'd love to. Well, I'd to love to. That. I mean, particularly when we, we, we do make it back down to Melbourne and, um, you know, I, yeah, we'll, we'll have to catch up and have a beer and go and see some good music. Um, I know uh, planning to catch the Gareth Lydiard, um solo tour. That should be should be good. So, yeah, yeah, cool. All right, we look forward to having you down at any time. But for now, sports medal by Humble. This is this is what you're looking for. It, it's a <laughs> ripper. Um, we're going to play a little bit of that clip to finish off. Um, but once again, thanks for coming on, Cuz. Uh, any last words for Steve before we let him go? Oh, but look, fantastic, mate. Look, it's it's always as I said, great to meet good new new um, good people and hear their music and their music likes and what how they got to where they are. At their stage, mate, and as as at the start of the show, mate, um, humble by name, humble by nature, mate. So it's a pleasure to have you on. My pleasure. Perfect. Look after yourself. See you soon. We'll Thanks, do, yeah, Steve. Yeah. yeah, how good was that to have uh, Stephen Holmes from Humble on and Cuz? Thanks for joining me again, mate, for to have a chat. And uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to play a little bit more uh, of this great track. Um, sports metal it's uh it's a cracker it's it's a great film clip uh if this doesn't make you chuckle and laugh uh and want to want to re relive the good old times i can't wait to see this on stage hopefully uh steve can do this justice and bring out the helmets and and the cricket bats and all the gear and uh that's one thing we didn't actually ask him was, what, what's it really look like on stage so there's there's a surprise for you will it be the tism-esque version um who knows but we, we'll wait to see that uh live on stage but here we go 
with uh, Sports Medal by Humble. Thanks and good night and look forward to seeing you tomorrow with uh, Emily South. Cheers. Yeah.